0: Today on the Tearsheet Podcast.
1: Mono Treasury is a payment operations platform. So uh, we really help companies manage their business across, you know, payments, accounting, approvals, things like that. And if you think about in the world of fintech, we're very much on the tech side. We're selling software that companies use to manage uh, their businesses.
0: Welcome to the Tearsheet Podcast. I'm Tearsheet Editor-in-Chief, Zach Miller. As a fintech entrepreneur, I co-founded our crowd. One of the largest equity crowdfunding platforms in the world. Our back office was always hard to get our hands around. Money in and money out and the timing of money in motion took a lot of time and effort to manage effectively. Payment flows and tools to integrate have come a long way since we started that business in 2012. Dmitry Dadimov is co-founder and CEO of Modern Treasury. His firm is a payment operations platform and works with firms to build and manage their money movement without taking hold of the payments. It's the tech in fintech. Dimitri joins us on the podcast to talk about his firm's genesis story and the market for payment operations. His firm's APIs provide workable connections to banks to help with tracking money movement and reconciliation. Dmitry Dadimov, my guest today on the Tearsheet Podcast.
1: My name is Dmitry Dadimov. I'm co-founder and CEO of Modern Treasury. Uh, it's a company we started a couple of years ago in San Francisco. Um, and my background is uh, mostly in product.
0: So, so let's talk about Modern Treasury. Like what, 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 first of all, let's in succinctly, what does it do? We get, we'll get into the deeper, I think, in a second. Um, and then I'd like to hear like, where the idea came from.
1: Modern Treasury is a payment operations platform. So uh, we really help companies manage their business across you know, payments, accounting, approvals, things like that. And if you think about in the world of fintech, we're very much on the tech side. We're selling software that companies use to manage uh, their businesses.
0: And where did the idea come from? Where did it germinate for you?
1: So my two co-founders and I worked together at Lending Home, which is an online mortgage company. And Mm -hmm. uh, in the course of building that company up to become now the number one fix and flip lender in the U.S., uh, we had a a lot of uh, problems uh, with bank integrations, with accounting, with uh, managing all that in a way that is easy and that interface between companies and banks around... Uh, ACH wire and, and paper check uh, was something that seemed pretty generic and pretty painful for, for us to, to build up to. And so uh, around 2017, 18, we started spending a lot of time trying to figure out how other companies had done that and realized there really hasn't been um, an independent software product to, to help companies manage that. A lot of companies had built things internally, but there wasn't kind of a default, easy solution to, to pick up and, and run with. Um, and that was really the genesis of the idea.
0: Amazing. I was going to say, I think you're probably competing most closely against homegrown solutions that are workarounds for the most part.
1: That's absolutely right. There's companies where uh, companies that are very techy tend to invest a lot of engineering resources uh, against it. And we're competing against, um, you know, the, the payments team or a money team having to build some of these things internally. Uh, and then there's uh, on the other end of the spectrum companies that are much more ops heavy uh, and they, um, they decidedly had not invested in the engineering around it and then it becomes uh, really quite a quite a complicated process where people are managing you know G sheets from last Tuesday and looking things up and, <laughs> uh, and and that sort of chaos is very much what we uh, hope to help uh, alleviate and, and streamline it and make a lot easier.
0: Amazing. Now, this is something I've seen up close um, with some of the companies I've uh, helped start or worked for as a co-founder of our crowd, which is an equity crowdfunding platform, uh, which has raised to date over a billion dollars. But we did that in individual SPVs. So we created a separate company um, for each one of our funding rounds. Um, Money came in at different times. Um, There was a formal closing, um, but it came in from in different currencies from all around the world. Um, there were follow-on rounds that sometimes went into the same SPV, sometimes went into the same SPV and another SPV, or sometimes went into a third-party SPV. Totally, um, there were distributions. Obviously, if there was an if there was an exit or something like that, it, we spent a lot of time focused on building internal solutions, which included people and software uh, to help us manage that. So, is, is that something? Is that the type of scenario that that Modern Treasuries is designed for?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really glad you bring this up because what you're describing is a classic payment ops problem that we love to help solve. Uh, crowdfunding is a perfect example of that. So let me just walk you through uh, the um, lifetime of a payment. So let's say you're doing a distribution and you're, and you're sending money to investors. Uh, we kind of break it down into four steps and there's really, somebody has to initiate a payment that can be done manually. It can be done through an API from, from your dashboard or from your product. Uh, but once uh, the engineering team, if you will, has built the, to that API, there is a finance or a controller, uh, finance team that's trying to really manage what is happening. So there's an approval step uh, and we really help build kind of that magic view for the controller to create uh, a flow to, uh, of, of queue the pay, payments that need to be approved. Um, Once something has been initiated and approved and sent to the bank and it shows up on the statement, you really need to reconcile that and update your dashboard and tell your investors that the money has been sent or, uh, or the company that uh, the the distribution has has, has been done. Uh, And then finally, there's kind of a month close accounting uh, challenge, which is somebody, um, oftentimes a a separate person who has really not been a part of any of these operational flows, looks at this a month later and tries to uh, make sense of it and categorize things. And so Um, that flow of, you know, initiate, approve, reconcile, and account uh, is what we are really focused on connecting. And in the ideal scenario, uh, you can really do it all sort of at once, or you can do it all in a way that's uh, much, much more automated. And um, we see that in companies that are uh, equity crowdfunding are are certainly uh, an aspect of this, but this is true in payroll and lending and um, B2B payments of all sorts. Uh, So this is a, a very common problem.
0: So I'd like to hear some more use cases, but before we do, who, who's, obviously the finance team is typically probably the end user, but, but who do you guys interface with mostly? Who are you selling to?
1: We think of uh, our customers as being both on the CTO and on the CFO side of the house. Mm-hmm. So depending on the size of the company and the stage of the product and who's actually focused on it, the, the real buyer might be um, the CTO or it might be the CFO. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we very much believe that good fences make good neighbors. And so uh, in a way, the ideal, the ideal uh, setup of the world is one where the CFO can trust the CTO to you know, build freely because they have the controls and they have the ability to manage what is actually happening in the, in the, in the bank accounts and vice versa, the CTO can trust the CFO to be able to um, account for things cleanly and and so on. So um, you know, it, it's kind of a generalization, but I think it, it's generally true that the earlier stage companies, think of the Series A company probably does not have a CFO. Right. Um, really, it's much more of a technical buyer that uh, lands on our API docs and, and contacts us and maybe maybe not even have a bank account um, that's all set up and ready to go. Uh, and on the later stage companies, uh, certainly the finance team is much more built out. They're oftentimes the driver. They have their own um you know various strategic reasons uh for what banks they want to work with uh et cetera so um it's a it's a generalization but i would say that the, the tech team is certainly the buyer in the early stage companies and uh the finance team is more more in the driver's seat in the bigger companies
0: and as you see more nuanced nuanced fintech companies like is, is the demand for this type of payment support technology or how did you describe it initially? Pa- payment payment ops yeah, yeah payment do, ops. do you see that growing?
1: Absolutely. Uh, I think one of the things, if you take a step back, I think one of the things that is really exciting about where we are in in, in the world of fintech and maybe perhaps one of the drivers behind why there's so much excitement about fintech these days is that uh, if you think about commerce on the internet over the past 15, 20 years, it has by and large been around things that you pay for with credit card. It's been retail, e-commerce, subscriptions, things like that, travel. Uh, as... Now we're seeing a lot more companies and I'm sure that you've spoken to a number of, uh, of founders who are working in areas like insurance and real estate and healthcare mm-hmm. and education. And those are all things that you actually don't pay for with a credit card. Those are things that you pay for with uh, an ACH wire or paper check, uh, at least in the US. And um, any company that is in those spaces uh, very quickly, as soon as it um, reaches a number of, of payments per day that uh, starts being painful, Uh, starts looking for a solution like this because they need to integrate to their bank and they need to make sure that things are being done in a well-controlled way. And a lot of the uh, companies and solutions that have been built around commerce and the internet by credit card uh, really aren't aren't, uh, really right for them. Um, When you think about our crowd managing international wires, I mean, that's a totally different problem. Um, then, uh, than, than something like, uh, a travel website. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I think that's a big part of it. So we're seeing companies from, um, certainly FinTech that would you'd call as classic FinTech, like a lending or investment platform type companies, but we're seeing lots of healthcare and real estate and other companies like that, that are, um, using our products.
0: Do you actually touch money flows?
1: We do not. So we're not in the flow of funds. We're very much a mm-hmm. software product.
0: Is there intention to over, over time?
1: No, we have no we have no ambition for it. Uh, I think uh, there's a lot of companies that are really uh, a lot of startups that are really focused on becoming uh, a neobank or or becoming a third party platform. Our uh, belief is that uh, ultimately the best way and the fastest way to to do things is directly through your bank, and we want to enable. Every mm-hmm. company to connect uh, most easily with a bank that they choose to work with, and for larger companies, mo- maybe multiple banks. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we very much have a, a a tech view into it. We, we try not to um, um, focus too much on the um, finance side, if you will, from a from a from a business model perspective.
0: That makes a lot of sense. So so can we talk about some of those use cases? So we we kind of touched on lightly equity crowdfunding. Um, And I love that your experience came out of a a problem that you experienced directly in in the mortgage industry. Um, What other other use cases are you seeing there, if you can kind of create some buckets?
1: Yeah, I'll give you a couple of examples. So uh, one of our earliest customers uh, came from the healthcare insurance industry, a company called SANA Benefits, uh, based in Austin, Texas. And they're one of the most innovative healthcare providers in the U.S., and when you think about the problem that they're solving, um, they're receiving funds from, you know, from their clients, from small businesses and, and so on. And they have to um, separate that cash across different accounts, reserve accounts. They have to send that money to providers when somebody um, has gone to a doctor or to a dentist or to a optometrist or, or, or what have you. And so uh, managing, you, you end up with a pretty complicated spaghetti diagram of, uh, of both, both book transfers their internal and external payments. Um, and they're, uh, they're using our product for that. They're kind of, they, they build their own you know, business logic in terms of what should be uh, sent where, but we actually do all the mechanical pieces there. Another example is Side Real Estate, which is a real estate brokerage company. One of the really exciting things about Side is when you think about a, a title and escrow kind of process when a house sells, uh, the real estate agents might be receiving you know, 1%, 2%, 3% of that sale and that typically is done very manually by wire. One mm. of the things that's really exciting about um, some of the things that Side has been doing is really using real-time payments. So real-time payments or RTP is a new payment type in the in the US that is uh, really meant to in some ways replace ACH and um, take care of some of these um, you know, three-day holds and uh, not live on weekends and, and things like that that I think are uh, operational problems. So Side will uh, send real-time payments uh, to uh, real estate agents and the like, and, and we help them kind of manage it, all that. And of course, when you move to a world uh, from, from a world of very batch-based to real-time, it actually creates um, a lot of other operational problems uh, that, that you need kind of software to address. Um, and so one of the things that is, uh, just to maybe uh, come back to the point that I made earlier, uh, SIDE and SANA are both companies that you wouldn't necessarily call fintech, Uh, when you look at them from, from outside, one is, you know, prop tech, one is health tech or insure Mm -hmm. tech. Uh, but they, you know, they operate in an ACH wire check world. Um, and so that's, that's why they're using them on a treasury.
0: Interesting. Um, and given the fact that, um, you're not actually touching money, uh, does that set you up to, to internationalize easier? Are you focused on a global clientele?
1: Uh, It may. Uh, We are focused on uh, U.S. and Canada customers Mm -hmm. today. Uh, Certainly, as we grow up scale, international becomes a bigger deal, because as you can imagine, a lot of companies um, are international. And so they have Mm -hmm. to have support across a number of countries. And that'll be something that we think about uh, quite a bit more in in 2021. Uh, But um, uh, it it could potentially um, set us up to to make it a bit easier. I think one of the things that, you know, from a from a again, from a product perspective, we think of the bank as your core um, as, as the core place where everything kind of starts uh, but actually there's other methods by which you might be paying so you might be using other services you might be using I mean um, any any number of uh, online or, or other providers to handle international payments so it may not be necessarily that we uh, integrate with uh, a bank in every country maybe that we we connect to mm-hmm. other services um, but really we're, we're to some degree going to Uh, do whatever makes the most sense for our customers and and kind of follow, follow their lead there.
0: Uh, This is kind of just an ancillary question, but um, given your knowledge of the payments industry, and I I like what you said about um, how international companies obviously need international providers to deal with, to deal with this stuff. Who, who, who within the existing ecosystem is positioned? Well, I know Visa has done a really good job of buying, owning different parts of different rails essentially so that they can, they can play a piece in any transaction from your vantage point, like who in the existing ecosystem is best situated, I guess, for where the, where the market is headed.
1: Well, I'll just preface. that was saying that I, my experience is very much us focused. So mm-hmm. when you think about some of the regular industries like mortgage or healthcare that we've been uh, closer to uh, those are in some ways uh, by design, very us focused. So I'm not sure mm-hmm. that I'm, you know, best place to do that. I mean, certainly there's companies like um, TransferWise or, or, or RouteFusion that um, do a really good job of kind of abstracting some of the local um, payment types and local payment methods and, and, and providing uh, individuals or, or businesses some ways to transact um, internationally. Uh, but I do think that this is one of these areas where, again, if I think about the US, um, You know, credit cards are about $4 trillion in volume through credit cards. ACH, I think, did something like 56 trillion last Mm -hmm. year. So it's an order of magnitude more. And it's, uh, but it's things that, you know, like payroll or something where it's really very, uh, very domestic and very local and in some ways even state by state.
0: Got it. Um, And as you start to think about this podcast will most likely uh, air in between Christmas and uh, and New Year's two thousand twenty. So as you think about two thousand twenty one, how what are your biggest priorities, biggest goals? Where would you like to see Modern Treasury in two thousand twenty one?
1: Yeah, I mean, first of all, two thousand twenty was quite the year. Uh, So I think two thousand twenty one. I just I just uh, wish that we. Um, have a, a more sane year a little bit more uh, 3d hangouts and, and things mm-hmm. like that um, i think w- where my mind goes to first of all is uh, is, is our team and, and being able to grow as a company you know we've doubled since march um, in headcount and doing that over zoom presents challenges both in terms of um, hiring and onboarding and and, and and being productive and, and happy as a team so the the number one thing that i'm thinking about is is really how do we you know, double again next year and uh and maintain a, a strong culture and maintain sort of a, a good and happy place to work um, but as a product matter um, you know we'll be we'll be adding support for more bank- banks we'll be potentially exploring some international um steps um, but uh, a lot of it is really going to be about taking the client base that we have um, learning more and understanding more what are the things that they're doing that are generalizable to um, a lot more uh, amongst, amongst them and amongst new customers and, um, really trying to, you know, essentially build the best payment ops platform that, uh, that is the default right answer for anybody who gets started with a company in any of the sectors that we, we covered in this podcast.
0: I like that. Um, and I guess a follow-on question to what you said, so you doubled, um, your staff during the, during the, the crisis. Um, did you hire only locally?
1: Uh, we hired across the U.S., mm-hmm. so uh, not not locally to to California, but but locally to the U.S.
0: Was that a change of plans from what were you of your hiring strategy before the pandemic? Uh,
1: it was to some extent. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. we went. Uh, you know, we went remote. We we gave up our office in April. Um, we uh, decided that uh, this was going to take a while, and uh, so we just decided to kind of embrace it. One of the things that we've had that we've done that was uh, super. On and hopefully tradition that lasts is uh, back in uh, March, April, we decided to um, have you know, have some events that are sort of internal that are, that are enjoyable for everybody to be a part of. So one of the cultural traditions that we started is we, we call them coffee breaks and we invite people um, that we just find uh, interesting, some of our customers or, or investors or otherwise, to kind of come spend an hour with us, and uh, and those types of cultural traditions, I think, are actually in that benefit that we we couldn't have done because it was so much harder for somebody to um, to ask somebody to come and travel to your office and and do an in person meeting. Um, so I think there are some things that are that have come out of it that are good, but um, but we did. Um, I think we'll continue hiring, uh, you know, certainly with, a, with an emphasis in California, but but throughout the U.S.
0: Mitchell, great to talk to you, and thanks for joining us on the Tierci podcast.
1: Thanks so much.